what up what up what up welcome back to the scorecard the boxing scorecard where i ask people to bring their scorecard and an explanation not just simply your opinion last night we had a, a um a super welterweight um it wasn't a title match just a just a good a good fight between uh the return of danny swift garcia and jose luis ben, uh, yeah jose luis benavidez jr we can get those slides up um, so this was, uh, both guys are, are still getting accustomed to the 154 pound division. Um, so they're originally like, they, they, both these guys usually fight at, at, at the weight class underneath. Um, but they both moved up, stepped up in order to get some bigger fights. Um, so we'll see what happens. So the, um, the scorecard, the official scorecard for the officials was a uh, was a majority decision for Danny Swift Garcia. The exact scorecards were let me get it up here. Um, the scorecards the judges had it a lot closer than I had it. Um, one judge had it a draw one fourteen one fourteen. I got to start to call these judges out too. This Waleska Roldman, how the hell did you get score that fight one fourteen one fourteen? That is crazy. Um, Tony Paulino had it 117-111 for Danny Garcia. And Glenn Feldman had it 116-112 for Danny Swift Garcia. My official scorecard was 119-109 to for, for Danny Swift Garcia. Um, now let me go through it. Even though um, it, it was a wide score, there was a couple of close rounds that, um, you know, that, that, that could have went either way. Now, with that being said, even though I had it a wide score, um, there was five rounds that I marked as close rounds. The first three rounds, the first three rounds, and and the la and nine and ten. David Chase, what up? What up? I see your comment right there. Let me just get through my um, my 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 scorecard through each round, and then I'm gonna get to to all the comments. I really appreciate. Good morning, David. Um, so yeah, I had five close rounds. Now, if if my I gave Garcia four out of the five close rounds that I scored, I gave Garcia four of those close rounds, and one of those one of the other rounds I gave to uh, to Benavidez. So I mean, if I if, now remember again, if it's a close round, it could have went either way. If I would have gave all five of the close rounds to Benavidez, the score still would have been one fifteen one thirteen for uh, for Garcia. So I still had him winning, even even if Benavides won one, even if I gave Benavides all those close rounds. Um, to go through it real quick, first round I go go through my notes real quick for each round. Um, first round was very close. Again, the first three rounds were close rounds. As 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 wide as it as Garcia opened it up later on in the fight, the first three rounds were very close. Um, my notes for the first round was very close round. Garcia, good body work in the first two minutes. Benavidez had some good jabs at the end. Um, yeah, Benavidez, the one thing about Garcia, he, he is, he does get touched up with a lot of jabs. He, you don't really see him get hit with other combinations. Other, He doesn't really get blasted with big shots. But, you know, when he fought Earl Spence, Earl Spence just jabbed him up all night. That's, that's his one one weakness is getting is for Garcia is getting hit. Danny Garcia is getting hit with that jab all the time. Round two, I also marked it as a close round. Um, had my notes for round two was Benavidez landed a bit more cleaner and had Garcia backing up. 
Now, just because you have your opponent backing up doesn't automatically mean that you're winning the round. But I believe I do believe Benavidez uh, um, established himself a little bit more better in that second round, even though it was close. And I gave it, I still gave it to I gave it to Benavidez. Third round, third round, I also marked as a close round. My notes for the third round were who did I give it to though? My notes for the third round were. Um, I gave that third round to, to Garcia. So the first round, Garcia, second round, Benavides, third round, Garcia again. My notes for the third round was Benavides. Benavides clearly won the first minute. Um, se- uh, the second minute was Garcia, and the third minute was Garcia. That's the thing. Sometimes when you're scoring these fights, especially a close round, you got to really look at it minute by minute. In a three-minute round, you really got to pay attention minute by minute. That's why I wrote the third round like that, because I, I thought the whole fight was going to be like this, so I broke it down. In that third round, Benavides clearly won the first minute. Second minute of the round, uh, Garcia took over. And in that third minute, Garcia held it, held himself, and, and won that round, I believe. Still a close round. Round number four was uh, from rounds four until until uh, the whole thing, actually. That was for the rest of the fight. I gave all rounds to Garcia. But quick notes. Fourth round, clear for Garcia. However, Garcia gets hit with way too many jam, too many jabs. That's his weakness. Yeah, like I said, what up, Zev? Like I said, I'm just getting through my my uh, round for round notes for each round, and I'm gonna get to all you guys' comments. Thank you very much for for being here. Uh, round number five, my notes were the shorter boxer is looking better from the outside. Just because you have a longer reach doesn't mean you know how to use it to your advantage. Um, Benavidez was the taller, longer fighter, and in most case, not even in most cases. Um, so I explain to people all the time, just because you're taller and longer doesn't automatically mean that you have an advantage if you don't know how to use that advantage. Uh, you guys often hear me talking about someone having a, a, an educated jab, right? Again, it's not just about having a longer reach. It's be, being able to use that in a smart way. Um, Benavidez, the one good thing that he was doing was jabbing. That's that's the one good thing that he was doing was, doing, was jabbing. However, uh, um, as the fight was going on, Benavidez was was getting uh, kind of out of his out of his game. He wasn't jabbing as much, and, and Garcia, as the shorter fighter, Danny Garcia, as the shorter fighter, was actually doing better from the outside than uh, than Benavidez. Round six, um, Garcia is opening him up, still still getting hit with jabs though. So I said as, going into round six, Garcia was 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 clearly winning. However, he was still getting hit with lots of jabs, man. Still getting hit with lots of jabs, and and that that is not going to work against some of the better guys, at, especially at, at the higher weight class at 154 pounds. Round six, uh, I mean, sorry, round seven. Uh, Garcia, good body work. Benavidez spending more energy talking shit than offense. Yeah, at this point, you can tell Benavidez. It's almost like he he um, he kind of not gave up, but he he realized that he he was down on the scorecards and just he was trying to bait. Yeah, you see Benavidez with a nice shot there. He was trying to bait. Uh, um, Garcia to make a mistake so 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 he could land so Benavides would be able to land a big shot but Garcia was fighting smart he wasn't uh, you know he's experienced he's one of the best guys Danny Garcia has one of the best resumes in boxing I'm gonna go after I'm gonna talk about that in a minute after um after I go through this round eight what we got round eight Garcia on cruise control no worries at all round nine oh round nine and ten I marked his close rounds I still gave him to Garcia but they were close rounds because Benavidez was tapping him up a little bit. Benavidez was tapping him up a little bit. Um, round nine, Garcia getting tapped up a bit, as I just said. <laughs> uh, round 10, also marked as a close round. 
Um, I said Garcia is winning, but he can't fight like this versus the top guys at 154. Getting tapped up way too much. Not bombed on, but tapped. So, again, um, Benavides was landing punches. Not, like, concerning punches. He wasn't la- Like, Benavides wasn't landing any big bombs on Garcia. But he still was landing. He still was landing. You can see after the fight, Garcia's face was a little bit swollen. Not not bad, but you could tell he did get tapped up a little bit. Round 11, uh, Benavides spending more time talking. And... Um, And uh, round twelve, round twelve. I didn't even, I didn't even mark uh, any notes for round twelve because it was, it was clear by then. All right, all right. So let's get to the notes. So yeah, final score one nineteen one hundred nine for for Garcia. I had it. All right, let's get to the to the comments over here. How'd I go back down? My man David Chase, thank you for being up with me this morning. The Showtime commentators were really doing uh, were really doing something really annoying. They were creating a narrative as the fight went on. After nine rounds, they started setting setting CompuBox numbers and saying Benavidez had so Benavidez had so much less body shots landed in his last fight, as as if they had any bearing on this fight. Um, yeah, you know, I guess the, the commentators they're just they're just trying to do their best to 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 sell a story for the for the casual fans that are watching um the, the the truth going into this fight is is was uncertainty because what i was what i was doing in my research and in, in in you know trying to see who would who has the advantage um david benavides it's it's, it's kind of hard to to judge him because if you look at his best performance when he fought terence crawford he actually gave terence crawford a good go Terrence Crawford stopped him, I think, in eleventh or twelfth round. But throughout that that fight was 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 close. Like the, at no point in time was was Terrence Crawford dominating David uh, Jose Benavidez during that fight. Like he was winning, but he wasn't dominating him. Um, and right up until that that uh, that Crawford caught him in that eleventh round. And everyone knows Terrence Crawford is one of the best boxers in the whole sport of boxing, pound for pound. And Benavidez gave him a good go. However, that was back in 2018. And since then, he's only fought one fight against Francisco Emmanuel Torres, and it was a draw. Um, you know, Francisco Torres is not, you know, definitely not an A-class fighter. You'd probably consider him a B or C-plus fighter. And, and Benavidez had a draw with him. So, and that was last year. So his best performance was in 2018. He had one performance, one, one more fight, one fight since then in two last year and it was a draw so it was kind of hard to judge which benavides was going to show up last night um yeah 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 i had a feeling that he would start out slow i was writing that i my, i should have told you my my official prediction before the fight was an 11th round uh stoppage for danny garcia because i knew that i had a feeling that benavides would take a long a little bit longer to to get going um which he did uh just never got going enough <laughs> uh so yeah that's my that's my take on mr benavidez uh david chase what else you got danny's body is a small target and he's shorter benavidez had like a crowd had to like crouch down to danny's height at times land shots yeah you're right i did notice that too but there was no like when you're fighting someone shorter you don't necessarily have to bend yourself down to get to their height which is what benavidez was strangely doing at times during the fight like he was 
like bet, like squatting down to, to to Danny Garcia's height for some reason. Uh, I mean, if he was if he was doing it because he saw some type of advantage that he'd be able to to take care of, I could understand him doing it. But he didn't. There was no. He didn't really do anything off of that. All he did was just bend down and give him a different look. But he didn't do anything off of that different look. So I, I had a hard time understanding why Benavides Benavides was bending low like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little question. All right, my man Zev. My man Zev had it 118, 110. Um, his notes was uh, Benavides won round one decently. Um, two others were kind of close. He got beat up in nine in the nine others, landing some odd punches that seemed more like trick shots or like he was trying to for some style points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing about Benavides. He's um he has experience, but he's not like your traditional punching boxer. Like he's he's not gonna come with the with the, with the traditional one two hook. He'll just randomly put his hands to the side and just throw a straight cross. Um, so yeah, he 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 is awkward like that, throwing punches from different angles, and maybe one of the reasons why Danny Garcia couldn't really get him out of there because uh, just because of Benavidez's awkwardness. That might have been the reason why my man Carl from the Last Bell Boxing Show in the UK. What up? What up? Boom from the UK. Thank you for being up and listening. Oh, not up. It's afternoon for you guys in the UK right now, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, also, my man Zev says Garcia had a one Garcia one eighteen one ten. I thought he looked good. Sure, he's small. Sure, he lacks power at one fifty four. But his speed, reflexes, footwork, composure, accuracy um, could trouble guys at the weight. Yes, here's the thing about uh, Danny Garcia. Um, shout out to my boy Randy because he mentioned this too. Danny Garcia has Danny Garcia has very good timing, very good timing. Um, because for his whole career, let's go through let's go through Danny Danny Garcia's career because I swear to God, for this guy's whole career, all of his big fights early in his career, I I was picking him to lose because his technique is not the best. Like he's kind of sloppy with his hooks, with his hooks, and doesn't really move his head that much. Um, so a lot of in earlier in his career, for a lot of his big fights, I was actually picking him to lose, and he proved me wrong every time. Just pulling up his uh, his resume here, um, yeah, man, Danny Garcia is one of the best resumes in, in boxing, underrated. He beat Kendall Holt, who uh, um, for the casual fan might not know that name, but Kendall Holt was a very good boxer. Beat him by split decision back in 2011. 2012, he beat Eric Morales, one of the greatest Mexican boxers, not just Mexican, greatest boxers ever of his generation. Eric Morales, he beat him, the unanimous decision. He knocked out Amir Khan uh, um, back in 2012 with timing. Again, Amir Khan was winning that fight. Everyone knows Amir Khan is a, is a great boxer. His speed, his speed and accuracy, um, but the only thing with Amir Khan, he, he throws at the same speed all the time. So that's how that's how guys could usually time him. And, and all of Amir Khan's fights, he's usually winning them. But because every punch is coming at 100 miles an hour, after a while, guys could kind of time that and catch him. And that's exactly what Danny Garcia did when he fought uh, Amir Khan. Caught him, put him to sleep. Um, had a rematch. Danny Garcia in 2012 had a rematch with Eric Morales. And this time knocked him out in the fourth round. 2013, he fought Zab Judah. And won by unanimous decision. Zab Judah, man. His next fight was against Lucas Matisse, another, another tough guy at, at that time, one of the top guys at that time. One wins by unanimous decision. 
Um, had a couple of uh, C-level fighters in between. Then he beat Lamont Peterson, another guy who was good at the time, beat him by majority decision. Then he knocks out Pauli Malignaggi, who in 2015, not known as a knockout puncher, but definitely a great boxer. Um, 2016, he beats uh, Robert Guerrero uh, by unanimous decision. Um, 2016, he beat Samuel Vargas, who's a C-level fighter, but he's Canadian, so I just got to give him a shout out. Um, and uh, in 2007, and then, and then a few of his losses came to the top, top guys in boxing. In 2017, he first suffered his first loss to Keith one-time Thurman. Um, he lost that one by split decision. Very, that was a very close fight. He didn't get blown out. That was very close. Um, he knocked out Brandon Bam Bam Rios, and then he lost a unanimous decision. It was unanimous on the scorecards, but it was closer than, than the scorecard show to Sean Showtime Porter. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then lost the unanimous. The only, the only time that he's convincingly lost was to, was to Earl Spence. And that was, again, that was just by jabs. He didn't get beat up. He didn't get dropped. He didn't like, at no point in time was, was the fight close to getting stopped when he fought Earl Spence, but Earl Spence just simply outclassed him, um, with his boxing skills, mainly the jab. Um, what else we got here? Where, where, where's the questions at? Where's, uh, where's the questions in the comments in the, um, in the comment section here? Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was Danny Garcia's, uh, career. He, that guy, he's had a very, um, very fulfilled career. So where do both boxers go from here? That's my question in the chat right now. That is my question in the chat right now. Where does Danny Garcia, where do both fighters go from here? Uh, David Chase, Zev, Carl, answer my question, please. Oh, pause it right here. Um, this is, I'm glad this picture came up. Pause it right here. Eric. This um, Danny Garcia's post fight um, post fight speech in the ring was was uh, was very very moving. He spoke from his heart. Um, if you get a chance, please go to YouTube and and YouTube. His uh, post-fight press, not the post-fight press conference when they're in the back room, but like when they're inside the ring talking immediately after the fight. Um, you know, he he broke down crying, talking about his anxiety and 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 his, his mental health issues. And um, you know, it's it's crazy how the mind can play tricks on you. He talked about um, I seen another interview, and this one was actually the post-fight press conference where he talked about uh, um, you know when he was a kid, he always dreamed of fight about fighting in front of millions of people like he dreamed about that and he did it and all of a sudden you know he, he woke up and then not just i think it gradually came on but you know after a while like in recent years he didn't want to he didn't want to fight anymore um and he said that was just messing with his head and he said even during training camp even during his training camp there was times that he was doubting himself like because he's he's been out of the ring for for probably a year and a half um you know he was actually doubting himself and these are things like, you know, these are things that people don't don't think about that's going on in, in, in the mind of a boxer. And everyone goes through, through mental health issue, issues, right? Um, and I'm not saying anybody's mental health issues are more severe than others. Obviously, there are some cases that are more severe than others. But um, specifically, if you're an athlete, specifically in a sport like boxing, 
where it's one-on-one and there's no timeouts and you can't go to the bench and put your head in the towel and so nobody could could see you crying like you're you're it's all you um so it really takes some some serious mental strength to pull yourself back out of that that uh you know that dark hole that you might be in doubting yourself and and just not feeling confident that you're able to to perform to your best uh, to your best abilities and um you can keep it going. I think there's another picture of him uh, um, kind of with the same kind of expression. Yeah, that one right there. See, you, you, like, and he, and he was trying to hold his tears back, too. Like, he was trying to hold his tears back. Um, so, you know, he was really speaking from the heart. Uh, a couple of years ago, this guy was on top of the world. He had the belts. I just I just talked to you about his resume. He beat a lot of the top guys. And, and if he didn't beat them, he was right there in a close fight with them. And then, um, and then you know, somehow he, he he got that mental block in his brain that wouldn't let him wouldn't let him tell himself that he's a great boxer and a great person, not even a great boxer, just a great person in general. Sometimes you got to forget about what your what your what your job is and just think about, uh, um, you know, just taking care of yourself mentally. So I'm very glad. I'm very happy for Danny Garcia that um, that he's that he's come back. He still said he's struggling every day. It's still a struggle. Um, um, and so boxing, and this is a little bit off topic, but you know, when I train people, not even, not not the competitive boxers, but just in general, you know, um, a lot of people will say that boxing helps, helps them deal, not recover, but actually deal with their, with their mental issues. A lot of, a lot of times, if you just physically, like if you're dealing with anxiety or any type of mental health issue, if you can make yourself physically tired like just do something to make yourself physically tired i believe it it helps deal with um whatever anxiety or stress that you're that you're going through you're still gonna have the, the problem still gonna be there but at least you mentally could kind of handle it um handle it a little bit better through boxing so that's my little shout out there for anyone going through any mental health issues stay strong stay positive and uh, get yourself into a boxing gym or hit me up at Cedric Sports. <laughs> yes, yes, we got some more comments coming in. My man Chris Peter says, worst case, I see it eight to four for Garcia. Should have been twelve to two for Garcia. Yeah, yep. I uh I definitely could see that, Chris Peters. Um uh yeah. Um, you know, I guess the 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 eight to four, the, the couple of rounds that um that the judges did did give to Benavidez. Um I'd like to know which rounds exactly that they were. The same way how I tell you guys the exact rounds that I have uh, that I marked close. I'd, I'd love to know the the rounds that the judges had marked for Benavides because that'd be very, very interesting. Um, so yeah, where does Benavides go from here? Um, has he's looked kind of shaky in his last two uh, his last two starts? Uh, he see in his last fight he had a draw against a journeyman, and then this fight he just had a loss against. Um, against Danny Garcia, one of the best. Well, and that's the thing, though. Danny Garcia is probably one of the best at 147, at 147 pounds. But at 154, it's, it's a different ball game. You might, you might not think it's too much because it's just one weight class up. But um, there are some sharks in that in that water at, at 154 pounds. Chris Peters, what are you saying? After looking like an autumn, Ottoman in his last few in his last few bouts, it was nice to see Garcia looking looking active and energetic. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and I think it more had to do 
with with the the mental health issues that he was going through because his last fight against Earl Spence, like I said, he didn't he lost convincingly, but he didn't get beat up or or hurt seriously hurt. He just lost by simply being out jabbed, out boxed by Earl Spence. He just Earl Spence just jabbed the f out of him all night long, and Garcia couldn't handle it. Um, and then the fight before that against uh, Red Catch, what's his name? Uh, um, yeah, yeah, against Red Catch. Red Catch is another uh, a guy that's um, <laughs> Garcia won that fight by unanimous decision. It went the full distance, but Ivan Red Catch is one of those guys that's that's kind of awkward, kind of like Benavidez, how I described Benavidez, and that uh, you know it's hard to time him because he's just always doing awkward awkward stuff that's hard to hard to get to him. Um, <clears throat> so what is next? Um, sorry, I didn't, I don't think I finished saying what was next for Benavidez. What is next for Benavidez is he needs to, to, to get back in the gym and get more active. Um, how old is Mr. Benavidez here? Let me check his age and go from there. He is 30 years old. No, he has 30 bouts. Yeah. He's 30 years old too. So yeah, he's the, he still has time. He still has time to um, to to come back and make something of himself. If he's gonna stay at 154 pounds, he needs to tighten up that defense and um, and just be more active. Like I said, uh, it, it, he did the same thing when he fought Terence Crawford. After a while, when he when he when when he, he was getting frustrated that he couldn't get to him, and all he would do is just you know put his hands down, stick his tongue out, just kind of showboat to, to to try to throw try to throw his opponent off, but against the top level guys, that, that stuff doesn't work. Um, David Chase says, you got two comments here. Oh, we got more. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got way more. Sorry. I missed a lot here. My man, Carl says mental health men must, must get better at talking. Yeah, you're right, man. You know, you know how guys are just in general. Um, guys try to just tough it out and, uh, and not talk about, talk about their issues, but it's okay, man. I mean, some guys, some people, not guys, some females too. Some people can, some people can handle it themselves and just need to be alone for a little bit just to handle their 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 personal issues. But some people need someone to talk to, but they 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 have a barrier. Specifically with guys, they have a you know their pride won't let them talk to someone. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that if you don't want to talk. At least like here is this: if you don't want to talk to someone, just join a boxing gym and just go smash the bag. At least that's the least thing you could do. All right, I promise that'll help with the with, with some of the deal with the, the anxiety and, and issues. Um, my man David Chase says, if Garcia chooses to remain at 154, his career his career will definitely be over. Um, Danny gives up too much height, reach, and weight. Um, come fight night, Garcia is five foot eight inches tall with a 68 inch reach. Thank you for those statistics on Danny Garcia's reach, and I, I agree with you, man. At 154 pounds. He's gonna he's gonna have really have to use his timing and power to to try to keep these guys off of him because that you know he fought um he fought Earl Spence at 147 pounds. Earl Spence just boxed the crap out of him just with a jab. He didn't, you know, like I said, Earl Spence never hurt him, but at no point in time did, did anybody see Danny Garcia winning that fight or even being in the fight. Um, so if he's gonna be staying at, at 154. And how old is Danny Garcia, by the way? Let's check how old he is. Hold on one second here. Danny Garcia is 34 years old. All right, all right. So he's on the last. He probably 
34 years old. He's probably a fight till he's probably 37, 38. Um, his record as of now is 37 wins, 21 knockouts with three losses. Danny Garcia, once again, has one of the best resumes in boxing. Go look it up right now if you don't believe me. Um, so what is next for him? If he's staying at 154, yeah, man, there's this a lot of big sharks at 154. Um, that fight with him and Tony Harrison is very interesting. Shout out to my boy, Tony Harrison, um, right across the board. We go to his gym for sparring a lot. Um, financially, Danny Garcia is the more, brings more to the table financially. But but um, skills-wise, Harrison, I think Harrison would get Danny Garcia. What do you guys think in the chat here? Oh, we got a lot more comments. I'm going to get to these comments in a second. But um yeah, at 154, you had uh, you had um, Tony Harrison. Very interesting that Danny Garcia called out um, Lara and uh, who's the other guy he called out? Oh yeah, Keith Thurman. That would be very interesting. That that would be very interesting. Keith Thurman versus Danny Garcia. I would I would I would like to see that rematch again because that was a very close fight the first time. Uh, what other comments we got here? David Chase Charlo, on the other hand, is six foot with 73 inch reach at 104. Yeah, man, I don't Garcia versus Charlo. I don't know that that that'd be very tough for uh, for Mr. Garcia. My man Zev says Danny Garcia at this point will be a stepping stone for up and coming 54 pounders. He may be able to beat some C or B level fighters, but I don't think he will be ever he will ever get a belt at that weight. Um well, that's the reason why he was calling out Iris Landy Lara because Lara has like a, a, a not one of the major ones, but I think a WBA or WBO belt at 154. And if he can get that belt, that might entice uh, um, one of the other guys at 154 to, to fight him for that. Um, I know Garcia has been talking about he, he'd like to have a <laughs> he'd like to relive that rematch with uh, Earl Spence. But I I don't think that would go well for him right now. Let me get a couple more wins, especially at 154. Um, what else you guys Zev? Zev says, Garcia has no real power at 147. He's going to be tiny at 154. If somehow he gets a shot at Charlo, he will lose by brutal KO. Even the limited Tim Zhu would take him out. Um, yeah, my, he said brutal KO. Hey, you're serious. <laughs> well, again, the thing is, Garcia's defensive weakness is how many times he gets hit with jabs. Like it, it kills me for someone at such a high level who's fought the guys that he's fought, some of the best guys in the sport throughout his career. He he gets hit with a, way more jabs than 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 he should be, way more jabs. And 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 if guys took more advantage of that, then you know because the jab the jab starts every single combination. Not not that it has to start it, but it makes everything easier if you can establish your jab a lot better. And, and yeah, that's, that's, that's Garcia's weakness is, is how much times he gets hit with a jab. So um, <laughs> I don't know about brutal KO. Again, it's possible because, because Charlo, that guy, is, he, he doesn't play with his power, man. Charlo has some serious, serious KO power. So yeah, it is a possibility. Tim Zhu. I think Tim Zoo needs a little bit more experience, man. Like he, Tim Zoo looks good. He looked good in his last fight when he fought uh, Terrell Gachet. He looked good against Terrell Gachet, but that that was his biggest name on his career. Again, you look at Garcia's resume. 
it was even though it was in the lower weight classes yes it was at the lower weight classes um but just as experienced fighting fighting top level guys so the only way it would be even i guess would be because it, the fight would be at 154 pounds um with tim zoo but i danny garcia versus tim zoo i don't that fight first of all that fight wouldn't happen right now financially because tim zoo doesn't bring enough to the table for for danny garcia to 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 take that challenge so that fight wouldn't happen charlo again if, if garcia could get that belt from lara that might entice charlo to to take that fight and get another belt what else we got a few more comments in here my man nick leishman says yes benavidez wasn't a real 154 but the speed and movement could be an issue along with the hand speed and counters also don't forget charlo struggled mighty against harrison's movement and counters yes that is right um that is right in both of those fights when uh when uh tony harrison fought J jamel charlo i had tony harrison winning both of those fights first fight was actually closer the first fight was closer the second fight i had tony harrison like winning like clearly winning up until the time he got stopped um so yes it did charlo does have have trouble with with uh, guys that have good boxing skills um he does knock him out in the rematch though <laughs> Both rematches that Charlo had with the guys that outboxed him, sort of outboxed him in the first fight, he knocked them both out in the rematch. So that that yeah, that'd be interesting for Charlo. Uh Nick says, not saying Garcia beats Charlo, but it might be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like I just said, it would be uh, interesting. My man Carl says Tim Zoo is bang average and will get found out even at world, even at even world level, never mind elite level. Tim Zhu hype hype job. Okay, okay, okay. We see thee, Carl. Um, well, when we say hype job, like give him a chance. Let's give him a chance to 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 see how he does against the top level guys first before we call him a hype job. If he if he fights the top level guys and he doesn't look good, or even worst case scenario gets stopped or something like that, then we would call him a hype job. But he hasn't really the, his best competition so far is is um terrell gachet who was a 2012 olympian um not a knockout puncher but a very good skilled boxer and i believe tim zoo stopped him in that fight did tim zoo stop him uh somebody in chat let me know i know tim zoo got got dropped early in the fight he got dropped early in, in the first or second round but whether the stoneman came back living off of his dad's name i mean that's 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 the promoter you know that's not that's just the promoter trying to uh make the most out of uh and make the most money most money out of their product i guess you could say for a less lack of a better term the same way how they're doing with uh, muhammad ali's grandson nico nico ali walsh you know every single time you hear his name on tv they're mentioning muhammad ali right next to it um you know it, it just helps promote the fighter and i, I mean it's really for the promotion of the fighter, not to say that 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 uh, that Tim Suzu or Nico Ali Walsh is going to be exactly like their father or grandfather. But it just helps bring the casual fan, um, you know, just bring more casual fans to to the sport to watch it because they recognize they might recognize that name. Uh, what else are you saying, Carl? Has a great 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 aunt from Canada somewhere passport application. <laughs> No, 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 no. Well, you know what? I don't, I don't mind. We'll take. We, but Canada, we need some, we need some good boxes. So yeah, well, I'll, I'll send Tim Zuda the, the, the passport application. See if he wants to come 
train at my gym. <laughs> and uh, there you have it. 35 minutes I've been talking for. Wow, man. Any more questions or comments? Thank you very much for you guys for getting up um, this early with me or for you guys uh, in other countries. That's it's already afternoon times. So thanks you. Thank you for taking your time out of your day to uh, to, 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 to listen to me, listen to my breakdown of the fights. Really appreciate it. Don't forget every Sunday, 930 a.m. Canadian Eastern time, the scorecard, the boxing scorecard. Um, and uh, yeah. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to my boy Carl from Last Bell Boxing Show. They got there. They go live every Thursday. Uh, thoughts on Jake Paul's cancellation, man. Obviously, they. I didn't. I didn't. I just read the headline. I didn't click on anything to see the exact reason why. But I'm assuming it just got canceled because there was no there was no hype behind it. Like that fight was supposed to be next week. Like. There was no, there was no hype behind it, like 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 in the other fights. I think in his other fights, in Jake Paul's other fights, like he actually fought, even though they weren't real boxers, but he actually fought like household names. Um, he fought uh, whether it was, um, I'll give you one word, circus. Yeah, I mean, it's a circus, but again, for for a promoter financially, he's bringing more 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 people to the sport. You know what's crazy? I get people that random people that I know don't really box box or watch boxing regularly. That will text me or send me a demon asking me about the Paul brothers and and their you know who they're fighting. So for hardcore boxing fans, for hardcore boxing fans, yes, we look at it, look at these guys like what does the circus act like? What is going on? Um, what I what I what we do have to give them credit for is attracting more attention to the sport. Because remember, these guys didn't have to box. Both these Paul brothers before these guys even got into boxing. These guys had like these guys had like 35 million followers on YouTube. All right. So it's not like they they got into boxing to, to, to make themselves more popular. These guys were already millionaires, multi-millionaires with 35 million followers on YouTube before they started boxing. So with that being said, even though they, they you know the way they talk and stuff like that, they're they're very good at getting their name out there, but they're bringing more money to the sport. So that's the one thing I could say. Uh, Carl, what are you saying here? And the WC, we're going to give ranking points to Jake Paul. Disgrace. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, 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 are you sure about that? They were they really going to give him ranking points for? Anyways, I don't know. That's that's a whole different story, man. That's a whole different story. Um, this was actually the first boxer, actual boxer that he was going to face. Um, a a C level boxer, but at least he was a professional boxer himself. Um, so. You know, and if you think about it, like if you think about it, like he's actually moved up in competition slowly. Like just think about this for a second. His first fight, and sometimes I confuse the brothers, so sometimes sorry if I'm wrong with this, but his first fight was against a YouTuber, right? His first fight was against a YouTuber. His second fight was against a a, a basketball player, what at least a professional athlete. Right, so uh, at least a small step up. He fought a professional athlete. His next two fights were against. Uh, his next fight was against an MMA, uh, an MMA guy, not not a uh, 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 definitely not known as a striker, but an MMA guy, wrestler Ben Askren. And then his fourth fight was against uh, uh, a USC Hall of Famer in um, Tyrone Woodley. Again, a wrestler not known for his striking skills, but still a UFC Hall of Famer. Um, and that's who. 
So if, if you look at his fights, he actually has stepped up the competition slowly. And uh, this next fight that got canceled against uh, against Hasim Rockman Jr. was, again, a step up because this was his actual first fight against a real boxer. So it would have been interesting to see how he would have done. But they, I mean, again, they canceled it probably because nobody was talking about it. There was no hype behind no hype behind it. So, uh, yeah, and there you have it. So, so, so thank you once again. Um, don't forget, if you can't catch the show live, you can catch it on any anywhere you could listen to your podcast, Spotify, uh, TuneIn Radio, and, of course, uh, live on YouTube. All right, all right, all right. Do me a favor, please, if you haven't done it yet, please like this video. So you get fit more into the the algorithm things or whatever they call it and uh, like share and tell a friend to tell a friend. All right, man, the scorecard, the boxing scorecard. Oh, we got some more comments coming in. Every time I every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. Carl, what are you saying? I doubt the effort is just the fact of boxers coming up the hard way without opportunities. Um, without the fact effort of boxes. Whoa, what? I doubt, I don't doubt, oh, I don't, I don't doubt the, the effort. It is just the fact of boxers coming up the hard way without opportunities. Um, yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. Working the small hall shows and graft and crafting over the years to get onto the big shows just seems unfair. Cheers. I hear you, man. Like they, they kind of skipped the line. I, I understand what you're saying, Carl. Usually um, boxers, when you, when you, when you turn pro, you're fighting on, on smaller shows. There's not too many people in the crowd. And then, you know, you work your way up. You work your way up from, from there to the bigger shows and the bigger crowds. These guys just hop right out the gate um, to, the, to, to, the, to the big shows, which, again, you have to slightly give them credit for, man, because anybody that's, that's had a boxing match before knows it's one thing to, to, to just spar somebody in a gym, even if it's, if it's a good box. It's one thing to spar in a gym. When there's just a, co- a few coaches and a few other boxes around, and it's a whole different ball game when you actually get into a real fight, and you turn around and there's a hunt, well, an amateur show. It might be not thousands of people, but at least a couple of hundred people, and they're screaming out loud, and the bright lights are on you, and everyone is staring right at you to watch what you're gonna do. You know, mentally, that's that's a that's a that's another thing. So. You got to give them the, them guys credit because remember them Paul brothers they they've had zero amateur experience, zero amateur experience <laughs> like zero amateur fights and just hopping right into the pro scene. That's 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 uh you still got to give them a little bit of credit for that. Yes, you know when 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 they're on the microphone talking and and uh, just talking their shit they they do what they do to make money, but they they do put in that work. That's the one thing I could say they when they're in the gym because I I you know did a little bit of research I, I see the the gyms that 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 the Paul brothers are trading at, I see their coaches that they're working with. There's their sparring partners, and they actually are putting in work. <laughs> That's the crazy thing that you know the 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 way they talk on the microphone and when they're just inside the gym, it's like two different people. That's so I get. I guess people get confused by that sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do take your head off to his promotional skills. Exactly. That's what I was saying, man. These guys are great promoters. You know, they're great promoters. When I I know Pete, someone's a great. Uh, promoter when, again, like I said before, people that I know don't watch boxing will text me or DM me and ask me about them. So, yeah, they're, they're doing their, their good, good job of getting their, their name out there. And, uh, yeah, so there you have it <laughs> once again. Now I'm going to close it out for real this time, all right?
I'll see you guys next week. Um, hit me up on any social media at Cedric Sports and at Talk and Fight YouTube channel. All right, man. Peace.